Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the best ever Guilty Pleasure Podcast. I'm your host, Jarrett, and I love movies. Today, I'll be talking about one of my favorites. I'm excited to watch Garden State. This movie was very important to me. I was properly introduced to indie movies when this one came out. I also realized the power of a soundtrack. I still listen to that soundtrack to this day. When I hear it, I get a certain kind of nostalgic kick that is something else. I hope this movie does the same thing. The movie came out in 2004 and was, re- was directed by, written by, and starred Zach Braff. I loved Zach Braff in Scrubs, which was probably my favorite show at the time. Scrubs also had a knack of putting in excellent music to really sell the moments in the show. I guess Garden State was an extension of that. The movie also stars Natalie Portman and Peter Sarsgaard. I remember the acting in this movie was excellent. Lots of highs and lows from everyone, all leading up to the, that climactic scene in the rain where they're screaming into the abyss. I remember it being somewhat profound and exciting. Here's the part where I date myself now, but I would have been in 8th grade when it came out. I probably saw it in theaters. I still own the DVD, which, is, which I remember buying as soon as it was available. Like I said earlier, this movie introduced me to indie films and started me down a path I still walk when watching movies today. I know it was certainly not the first indie film, or even the best. Uh, it currently sits at an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is respectable. But it was the one that I remember being my first. I'm also not afraid to admit this started a celebrity crush on Natalie Portman. Her character, Sam, I remember so endearing and obviously meant to be someone who would attract themselves to despite her flaws. I remember her character being real, not cookie-cutter. I feel like I copied her aesthetic for a while after seeing this movie. I wanted to be that kid that didn't do what everyone else was doing. I listened to music that was, that was not common. I dressed in a different way. I know she clearly had some mental illness, but that was largely overlooked by me in lieu of her other qualities. And I was young. Zach Braff's character, Andrew Largeman, was also one that I really identified with quirky, shy kid trying to make it by with not a lot going for him. He was troubled, and he had a lot he was dealing with. I remember his one speech where he said something like, uh, "The it's crazy how a quarter-inch piece of plastic can determine the rest of your life, or something like that. Uh, he had a rocky relationship with his father that was affected by the actions of the movie. I don't remember much about Peter Sarsgaard's character, or other than that he was a loose cannon. Uh, he really was a vehicle for Andrew to get into sticky situations and maybe provide a bit of comic relief. Uh, I guess I focus more on Zach Braff and Natalie Portman, but I'm sure we'll see as I watch the movie. I also remember Jim Parsons, randomly, uh, wearing armor and Method Man as a bellhop. <laughs> uh, both scenes were, I remember, a bit nuts, with the Method Man scene being more, more one that stuck with me. Uh, Ian Holm plays uh, Andrew Largeman's father. While he wasn't in the movie that much, I remember he was really, really good whenever he was in, in it. Overall, I have great feelings about the movie, and I remember it fondly. It has been a very long time since I've seen it, so I'm actually really looking forward to watching it again. Uh, I hope this movie holds up because of how highly I praised it so far. Um, so next, what, next what's going to happen is I will watch the movie. I will take notes on what I see and report back. I'll be talking in detail about the movie, so spoilers ahead. The question I'll be trying to answer is, was this movie really the best ever, or is it really just a guilty pleasure? I'll try to be as critical as possible, I promise. So a lot of time, a lot of time has passed since I first watched the movie, and now uh, I've lived a lot of life. Uh, this movie came out whew, almost 20 years ago, so there's a lot of potential for this movie not to hold up. And I'm back. 
Wow. Uh, my initial thoughts after watching this movie again is that it still holds up. Uh, it was just as good as I remember. Uh, there are several things I noticed as I watched that I never really thought of before, so let's talk about it. Uh, so let's get the bad things out of the way. There are a lot of there are a couple moments where something kind of insensitive happens. Uh, the first being in largest first being largest job in L.A. the Vietnamese restaurant. Uh, he clearly is wearing something to make his eyes, I guess, look more Asian. Uh, I know this was based on a real job that Zach Braff had before he got on Scrubs, but it was still uh, a little much. Um, also, the things that the people were saying at the table were uh, not the best either. Uh, the other moment is uh, when we first met Sam, uh, and she said the R word over and over. I did read somewhere that both Zach Braff and Natalie Portman were embarrassed about it, uh, and I understand realism and that people who he may have grown up with or that you know that this these characters are based off of may had said may have said that all the time. Uh, so I'm not really sure what the answer is to this, but uh, I mean the scene is uh, honestly un un uncomfortable a little bit because of that. But anyway, moving on. Uh, on the other hand, uh, the rest of that scene. In, in particular was great. Uh, the awkwardness of the humping dog with a fantastic, uh, was a fantastic way for Large and Sam to meet. Um, far from a meet-cute, <laughs> I think this kind of sums up their relationship, uh, their whirlwind relationship, uh, with it being awkward and quirky. Uh, the scene also has one of my favorite lines in the movie, you gotta hear this one song, it'll change your life, I swear. Uh, this whole interaction is amazing. Uh, obviously, music is important to Sam, and she offered to share it with Andrew, Starring, starting the relationship off on mutual ground. I gotta admit, I did something similar with my wife when we first met. I invited her over to my dorm to listen to music. Uh, no doubt I was thinking of this scene when I did that. Another reason why this holds up is because uh, it is a protocol, prototypical indie movie. It's got quirky characters, not very common events, low-budget aesthetic, whirlwind romance, and a whole host of other things. I mentioned earlier that this is my introduction into indie movies, and this still had that nostalgia I remember watching it for the first time. Mark is a bigger character than I remember. Uh, it seems to be an old friend of Large's, or at the very least an acquaintance. Uh, the timeline is a little wonky because apparently Large went to boarding school at 16 and never came back to Jersey until the funeral, so I'm not really sure how that works out. Uh, Mark's Mom clearly knows Largeman, uh, so there's uh, some validity there. He is responsible for much of the quirky events in the movie, like all the parties, the whole Method Man scene, uh, and the penultimate trip to the quarry at the end. If it weren't for Mark, we wouldn't have any of that. At first, his storyline where he wanted to give Large a present before he leaves was uh, interesting, and I, I didn't quite get it, but, then I for but I had forgotten what the end result was. And so I was glad I got to revisit it because it really uh, put a nice bow on everything. So Mark steals the jewelry off of people he buries and sells it for money. You actually see him doing this uh, in a scene where uh, uh, Large and him are together. Uh, he clearly did that to Large's mom and he tried to make it back up by tracking down her necklace and give it, giving it to him. It's both sweet and a bit shocking. Sam is clearly a complex character. We come to find out early on, after some misdirection, that she is a regular at the neurologist that Large was seeing. We find out later that it's due to epilepsy. Uh, we get a hint to that early on when she rides on the motorcycle with an odd-looking helmet. 
I think it's supposed to be an epilepsy helmet, but I think the one used in the movie was actually a rugby helmet. She is clearly offbeat, as evidenced by several things. The way she talks, her pathological lying, her house complete with tons of hamster tubes, and a few more things that I'm, I'm not going to mention them all here. One scene in particular that really brings that home, it's the rather awkward scene where she shows large what she does when she feels unoriginal. Uh, it's odd, but also endearing in a way. Nothing like making strange noises and movements to someone you met just a few hours ago. Another thing that I noticed as a typical trope in most romantic movies, not just any movies, is how long Large and Sam were together. Uh, at the end, they said that they met uh, four days ago, so it only took that long for Large to tell Sam that he loved her. It's so common that romantic comedies have these weekend-long relationships that end up with a happy ending. Uh, the only saving grace for this one is that it's clear that they are still working on it because the last line in the movie is, what do we do? Uh, the suspension of disbelief is strong in that aspect, but there's not really any movies uh, that do that well, so I think it's just something we have to kind of um, just believe in. So one thing that I thought was done really well was Large's emotional journey. So a big part of this movie is that his father, his psychiatrist, has medicated him heavily over the years. Uh, the neurologist really hit that home by mentioning what those meds could do. At the very beginning of the movie, Large is in L.A. and is told his mother dies. There's little to no reaction. The opening scene is him on a plane, not reacting as it's experiencing tons of turbulence and everybody around him is screaming and crying and panicking. I noticed this early on and tracked it as the story progressed. Most of the beginning, Zach Braff played the character with a flat affect. He would, still be, he would have still been under the effects of those medications. Several times throughout the movie, though, he starts to become more and more alert and emotive. Uh, when he's talking about Sam, uh, talking to Sam during Jelly's funeral, he starts talking about his mom, and it seems like he's really just starting to process it. During that, during the scene at the fireplace, where he explains that he pushed his mom and she tripped over the dishwasher and became a paraplegic, he showed even more emotion. He eventually shed a single tear in a bathtub uh, when with Sam, and he says, "This hurts so much." He finally has two big moments. One is pretty obvious and the other one is pretty subtle. The obvious one is when he starts screaming into the abyss. That moment is clearly him letting out a lot of emotion. When This moment is one that was uh, meant to be a sort of climax of the movie. Uh, the more subtle moment is his conversation with his dad. He had been processing everything and really let it out on him. He actually told his dad that he recognizes that he has been numb his whole life and that he forgives his dad for that. That is huge. The progress from the beginning of this point, uh, for, with the progress from the beginning to this point, I feel really kind of wrapped up everything nicely. The illusion is that Large's medication vacation, as he put it, would eventually help him become some something, you know, become himself for the first time in a long time. Sam, being freely herself, also helped. Uh, this is really nuanced, and I love that. Zach Braff did a fantastic job directing this movie because uh, it had a lot of really cool shots. The one I remember most uh, is the one where he's wearing a shirt made of the same fabric from the walls in the bathroom. It's a really cool shot. 
Uh, but I will say, after watching it again, I thought it was a little out of place. He literally changes back into his funeral attire the scene after that, and it's never mentioned again. Uh, it's a cool shot, but odd ex execution. The foggy pool scene had several cool shots. Large, Sam, Mark, and the other friends are at the pool, and Large is the only one that can't swim. So everybody jumps in, and he stays on the side of the pool. The Another theme that was subtle throughout uh, is Large's isolation. So this this actual this shot uh, really hit that home um, because he's literally standing alone on the side of the pool while everyone is having fun inside of it. After he finally gets in and demonstrates that he can't swim, he's told to go to the shallow end. Uh, right after that, there's an overhead shot that's really cool with everyone playing in the deep end. Uh, Large is alone on the shallow end, and Sam starts swimming over. It's a really powerful shot that kind of shows how much Sam is helping Large overcome his isolation because she's literally coming to his rescue. Then the shot after that is a wide shot of the two of them talking and the camera slowly pans in. I love this because the camera ends up close on Large with Sam resting on his shoulder but still kind of off to the side. Uh, so he's still isolated but he's not alone. Uh, it's really great visual storytelling. And now the, the soundtrack. I can't talk about the movie without mentioning the soundtrack. Clearly, the music was thought out. Zach Braff sent songs with the scripts to convey the feelings in the scene. The, the, whenever he sent out everything to everybody. Uh, the music really helped elevate the scenes. Uh, I'm not going to assume that I know how deeply Zach Braff thought about the songs, uh, but take the first time uh, that we met Sam. Uh, the song is New Slang by The Shins. The very first lyrics are, Gold teeth and a curse for this town were all in my mouth. Only I don't know how they got out, dear. Turn me back into the pet I was when we met. I was happier then with no mindset. Who does that sound like? I feel like that describes large in his overmedication and numbness and, you know, that, that whole theme in the movie. I, I would hope that that would have been intentional, but I think it works out really well. The rest, the rest of the music is just as good, and it really heightens uh, the whole movie. The final scene when Large is running through the airport is accented by Let Go by Fru Fru. The odd scene with Method Man has Lebanese Blonde by Thievery Corporation, which is a song that is as different to the rest of the soundtrack as that scene is to the whole rest of the movie. Uh, during the scene in front of the fireplace where Sam is tap dancing is uh, Fair by Remy Zero. kind of swells in and it paints really an amazing picture. And let's not forget the amazing cover of Such Great Heights by Iron and Wine playing right after an extremely emotional scene between Large and Sam. This is evidence of a soundtrack done right. I know other movies put songs in there in, in, and the, those choices are very calculated, but I just get the feeling that this movie treats the soundtrack as... The, the way that the, this movie treats the soundtrack is something special. I thought it'd be fun to end the show by talking about... The quotes that I remembered while I was watching. Uh, a lot of this movie is really quotable, but these were the ones that I, uh, whenever it popped up on the screen, I was able to kind of say word for word because I remember them. Uh, Large's dad said, uh, besides that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the show? Uh, Mark, I think, I think he said this, he's just a fast food night, talking about Jim Parsons' character wearing, literally wearing a, a night costume. Of course, you have the, you got to hear this one song, it'll change your life, I swear. And then just shortly after that, um, <laughs> Sam doesn't get on into the sidecar of Large's motorcycle. She gets on the back because she says, sidecars are for bitches. 
That's really amazing how much of my life has been determined by a quarter-inch piece of plastic. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, that that quote is just really... It, it, it was just done so well in that scene. Um, and, and then later on, when Sam and Large are together, she says, you're in it right now, aren't you? That that whole uh, part is just, is just so good. Uh, I'm sure there's a ton more, but these are the ones that I noticed while I was watching. So overall, I am very glad that I got to see this again. It's been a while, and I love talking about it. Uh, I hope this has encouraged you to watch the movie again. Next time, we'll be back with another movie from my past. Until then, watch more movies. This has been Best Ever or Guilty Pleasure, and I've been Jarrett. See you next time.